Hello, and welcome to the Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I'm your host, Randy, and here in this cafe, we embrace newcomers and experts alike to all things completely disruptive in technology, from AI to crypto to NFTs to metaverse and beyond. And today, I am delighted to have two incredible experts, Kari Johnson and Will Knight, both senior writers for Wired, covering artificial intelligence. So if there's anything we want to know about AI, these are the people to ask. Uh, it is a delight to have both of you. Uh, Kari, hi, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us on. Thanks. And Will, excellent having you as well. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right. So, uh, Will, if we were in a, a real cafe together, what would we be enjoying and, and drinking there? <laughs> okay. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for some some bubble tea as um, I've sort of Ooh. discovered that on travels to to Asia, and I, I like it very much. I like that, Kari. What about you? It's a good choice. My daughter would be down for that. Um, <laughs> I am currently uh, pretty fixated on a pretty bright and fresh and natural kick of just ginger, honey, and lemon in hot water. Uh, that is very, very healthy. <laughs> mm. um, so I'd love, I mean, gosh, uh, there are so many questions about what's going on in AI right now, but um, Kari, what what is it that um, really piqued your interest in artificial intelligence and when did you start focusing on the space? Um, you know, I started covering artificial intelligence in and around 2016. And um, the way that I usually describe it to people when I'm at a party or with friends um, who aren't really in the space is that, um, you know, it, it sort of felt like, at least on the language model front, the conversational artificial intelligence and ones that can, uh, you know, create text out of prompts. Um, you know, this was... Uh, you know, from, from just in 2016, it was more that there was sort of uh, developer ecosystems coming up around things like Facebook Messenger or um, Google Home products or Amazon Alexa. Um, and then, you know, I think that that uh, started brewing this space a bit different. So I bounced around a lot between, um, you know, startup offices um, in this area in San Francisco. And, and in the Bay Area. And so in 2018, I think things changed a bit again when we had the introduction of, I, I believe it was Bert from Google, um, the transformer language model, which is a foundation of a lot of the work that's being done today. And so, you know, I, I generally characterize it as 2016, there was a wave of interest. I remember, I believe, um, um, Satya Nadella referring to the desire to create conversation as an interface back then. 2018, um, another wave of interest. And then in our modern age of the last, let's say, six to seven months since ChatGPT, um, there's been a big wave of interest, but the wave does not seem to be uh, cresting. <laughs> yes, not not at all. It's it, the wave is is uh, exploding to one of those massive waves. Will, what about you? What what piqued your interest? I mean, uh, to begin with, I guess like maybe a lot of people, I I would, was sort of interested in as a kid growing up. You know, I was interested in um, the sort of sci-fi idea of of um, machines that are intelligent, and um, yeah, sort of 
I, I guess I kind of leaned into that when I became a journalist and I, I started writing about tech. I often was interested in trying to do things on on AI. Um, and for a long time, it was, you know, as Kara was saying, it was, wasn't nearly as, as cool or as exciting as it, as it feels like it is now. Um, although there's crazy amounts of hype and, um, you know, I think jeopardy that come with that. Uh, but yeah, so I think that's that's sort of, where it came from me and I mean um like Corey you know I, I sort of got more involved in writing about it as we saw the the last um big AI um wave which was the, around 2012 with things like these sort of image recognition algorithms and um it's quite fa it's fascinating to see um this second one happening for sure. So, uh, Will, what's top of mind for you right now uh, when it comes to AI? What are you spending most of your time right now looking about, looking for, and thinking about? And then, uh, Kari, I'll come up, uh, back to you with the same question. <laughs> I guess try, try, trying to trying to keep up with stuff at the moment is is mm -hmm. one of the things that's top of mind. Um, obviously, you know, as as Kari was saying, those language models have have just been um, a kind of revelation, and, and really the potential of them is is pretty. Um, fascinating to see to try and sort of figure out where that's that's going um and obviously i i suppose one thing that's kind of top of mind a bit is the risks that happen with that both the the kind of more real tangible ones and the the, the ones that that people kind of feel more uh, emotionally i guess um because that's been such a big topic you know uh in the news and something that Kari and i talk about uh, along with other people at wired a fair bit and uh, Kari, over to you. Same question. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the first, um, you know, the first two things that come to mind are um, one, you know, the kind of the the interrogation of, of power dynamics that exists within this space. I think uh, it was noteworthy to me that the previous um, there was a Senate hearing with um, the CEO of OpenAI, Sam Altman, last month, and that hearing. Uh, concluded with discussion of antitrust and the great power that lie in the hands of people who are generally within, you know, that it's within their abilities and they have access to enough GPUs um, and money for the compute to make um, these large language models. Um, and so I think that's important and particularly important when we think about what sort of standards are placed on what, uh, how to evaluate a model before it's deployed. There's a lot of discussion about that happening right now. Um, and so the second thing uh, really that uh, comes to mind uh, that I'm spending a lot of time on is just generally the policy developments. I think uh, the the wave that we've been talking about here has um, uh, jolted, I think, uh, members of Congress and other po politicians and lawmakers around the world into action. Um, there's been a series of um, committee hearings within Congress within the last few weeks in particular. Um, the I think a subcommittee of the judiciary that focuses on human rights, for example, I think it was about a week ago. And the White House has been quite active in trying to um, project and make sure that people are aware that, um, that this is a, a serious concern for them. Um, the meeting with the CEOs of Anthropic and um, OpenAI and um, some of these other, uh, you know, Microsoft, um, I, I believe last month, and then, uh, you know, uh, President Biden meeting with, um, you know, AI ethics 
um, and um, safety people in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area last week, I believe, um, really articulate this. Uh, the European Union's also working on legislation for regulation of AI that's been under the work, uh, you know, in the works for years. Um, and, um, you know, in, in Beijing, I believe there was a generative AI, um, some um, policy that was proposed in the spring as well. So there's just been a lot of activity and response by uh, lawmakers and regulators to um, how uh, to contain present and future risks associated with generative models, in particular large language models. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's interesting because you have uh, concerns coming from from there. You have uh, obviously the writer's strike and everything that's happening right now that uh, where they're calling out AI. So, uh, Kari, on a scale of one to 10, with one being like totally chill and 10 being like, get ready for our AI overlords, like where where should we be? Where should we be all falling in there? <laughs> um, uh, that's a really good question. I don't know. You know, I think that in order to answer that question, um, it would be helpful if people had more information. I think one of the biggest issues when it comes to people's uh, rights as a as a human, <laughs> as a citizen, um, you know, at least in the U.S., um, is questions of uh, disclosure. Uh, when you are informed that an, that an automated, you know, that a form of uh, automation or artificial intelligence uh, is making a decision about your life. Um, I don't think that that is um, clearly uh, laid out for people. Um, you know, the example in face recognition um, and its, its role in criminal investigations and a patchwork of different um, legal standards around when that one might be disclosed to a criminal defense attorney or the person who's been accused of the crime is a good example of that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think there's uh, a lack of understanding about the uh, amount of artificial intelligence that's already within people's lives. There was a study that um, a privacy group um, based in Washington, D.C., Epic, did a few months ago that found that roughly 30 different algorithms are used by the, um, you know, the D.C. government, for example. I don't think the average person in the United States knows how many algorithms their city is using, and um, there haven't been. Uh, there, there have been a lack of positive, you know, positive examples of um, governments disclosing the use of the technology. So um, this is a long way of saying, yes, um, over overlords, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't I don't doubt the OpenAI had a study, I think, in March that was saying that um, nearly 80 percent of jobs in the, in the workforce could um be impacted by large language models um, together with, I think, researchers from University of Pennsylvania. So it's 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 kind of a, a mix of bag of it. I think Will's done some great reporting on um, use of generative models in, in the workplace. Yeah. Will, yeah, I'm coming over to you for this, but I but I will say before then that uh, I recently flew into London's Heath Heathrow Airport, and uh, at typically the customs line is a disaster, and but this time I got routed to a line that was like all robots uh, leading customs, and the line was so fast and so efficient, and I was like, you know what? Thank you, AI overlords. Like, thank you for for you know. I I'm, I will happily give you all my data to get through this airport faster. Um, okay, Will, over to you. So so you, what I'm hearing from Kari is that it's not not a ten. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I think. Um... 
I think that yeah, that's a I I would agree. I would agree that there's yeah a lot of things to be <laughs> to be worrying about, thinking about. I mean, I, I think that he he makes a great point about you know this often coming down to a question of power, right? And and um, tra- transparency and government um, oversight as well, because um, the the so the example in in work I've been I have been looking at um, these research papers that people are putting out where they're there's just very you know it's very early days but they're starting to see people use these tools which are quite different and and it's sort of the one of the first times we've seen AI move into office work this white collar work you you know really quick quite quickly um, and it's an interesting sort of mixed picture and on the one hand sometimes it does seem to um, just enhance workers' abilities to do um, do their jobs, and sometimes makes less skilled workers uh, be able to do more skilled work, which is really encouraging for economists and for the for the, the economy. But then other things, you know, I I worry a lot about the the fact that we're sort of building this kind of almost house of cards on a technology when there's still so many problems with it. You know, hallucinating information is very very much not a solved problem, and um, you sort of wonder how that's going to creep into everything that's being built. But then, yeah, also just who who it sort of really benefits. You know, um, it does require ridiculous amounts of money uh, to be able to build one of these models. So uh, it tends to, you know, most likely benefit the the players that have access and are able to build those things. Um, so I sort of feel like it would be very much better if there were ways that. Um, individuals could have the the ability to kind of use their own you know develop and 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 modify their own or, or smaller companies you know if it was a bit sort of more democratized that would be a good thing um i'm i on the overall overall question of whether we're headed for ai overlords i think i'm a bit um i'm a bit sort of conflicted because on the one hand it does see, feel like this stuff is being rushed out and is going to be used in tons and tons of ways and I think Kari is completely right that, you know, that algorithms are everywhere. And that's really, that really is a problem. Um, but then on the other, the idea that AI is going to get super intelligent and take over. I just, I mean, we've just seen so many times where AI is, doesn't kind of live up to the kind of great expectations we have. So I, I kind of feel like it's probably further, that that's further off. Not, you know, the robots at the airport, I'm, I'm sure we'll get more of those. <laughs> I, yes, I can deal with our our, our harmless robots at the airport. Uh, for anyone just joining, um, we're here in the Crypto Cafe. I'm delighted to be speaking with Kari Johnson and Will Knight, both senior writers for Wired, covering artificial intelligence and and doing a deep dive in, in artificial intelligence. Um, Will, I'm curious, who... Um, who should we keep our eye on or pay attention to in this space? Who are the key players that you're really following closely? Um, well, the I mean, yeah, that's a great question. The, the um, obvious ones, I would say, are, you know, open AI is very much suddenly, you know, become the center of gravity in AI quite quickly. And what they're doing is obviously very important to look at. Um, I don't think you can discount Google um, and the the work that they're doing now to try and sort of regain their lead they you know they developed some of the technology that at the core of um these language models the transformer that kari mentioned for example um so i think and they they fused their two ai departments uh to google brain and and deepmind to create google deepmind and what they're going to do next i think is you know it's going to be kind of interesting because i don't think you can really discount them um 
there's a you know there's a there's another company you may have heard of called uh, Meta of previously Facebook, which never um, heard of it has has yeah they, <laughs> and so one of the very interesting things um, that we've seen is the release of some open source very powerful open source models models um, and uh, you know Meta has has produced one of those and and that's being used quite widely um, as well. Uh, there are you know there are but I think there there are a lot of startups as well as well that are doing some interesting things like um, Anthropic is this company that sort of started up with a focus on AI safety, um, and then there are uh, many companies, many of the big tech companies in in China are trying to move uh, really quickly to uh, to embrace this this tech as well. Mm. And uh, Kari, anyone that you want to add to that list? You know, I, the first thing that came to mind, actually, uh, when you asked that was, you know, I, I know that there's certain individuals who um, fit the bill and I'll mention them. But also, you know, I was thinking about just in general, like uh, doctors, <laughs> you yeah. know, doctors, also um, patients. I think it's really interesting to think about um, this technology in that context and doctors, at least, um, you know, some of the people who I've spoken with have said that, you know, doctors are using uh, technology like ChatGPT for like, you know, drafting letters to patients sometimes, but also for things like diagnosis. And so it's um, interesting to think about how uh, this technology can be applied in lots of different ways to um, impact lives. Uh, on the other side, of course, is the possibility of it improving, um, using la language models perhaps to improve uh, health literacy for, for patients. But in terms of in particular people um, to keep an eye on, um, or, you know, I think um, uh, Will and I, uh, along with our uh, colleague Morgan, just finished a, a photo essay and that I, I believe came out online yesterday um, uh, that focuses on um, the people who are trying to uh, have an impact and um, improve accountability and um, responsible deployment of artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of those particular people are, are um, Sarah Bird, who um, uh, leads a responsible AI um, uh, division at, at Microsoft. Uh, Margaret Mitchell um, does policy at uh, Hugging Face and um, helps with some of the op some open source developments. Um, you know, uh, Debaraji helps uh, create um, audits of artificial intelligence systems. Um, and I think within these, um, these this, this group of, of women that we um, included in the, in the photo essay, um, you see the contrast to some degree of people making decisions about uh, whether they believe uh, they can make change from the inside of an organization like, like Microsoft or um, that they're best um, situated to make change on the outside. Mm. Uh, it's uh it is really fascinating this kind of emerging industry of of kind of uh activists thinkers ethicists uh inside ai so that i i love that you were covering that and um i've been thinking a lot about medicine as well we recently had uh on the radio show someone who um is using ai for radiology to help um evaluate mammograms and and uh 
uh, radiology images so that you can get a you know a better and faster diagnosis. So there there do seem to be some bright lights uh, amongst all of uh, a little bit of of the panic that you're hearing out there. Um, Kari, in our final moments together, um, I'd love to hear where people can go to keep up with everything that you're writing and uh, and what you hope this conversation will be, at, you know, a year from now. You know, honestly, I am uh, bad at self-promotion, so um, <laughs> <laughs> not great at it. I should be tweeting more often or sharing, you know, my my articles in a more productive way. And, you know, maybe I'll improve on that in the future. It's good for sharing the the um, the great things that that the sources that um, that take time to speak with me. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I'm willing to share. But in any case, you can go to wired.com slash author slash Kari Johnson is <laughs> the best way. Or or you can, you can follow me on Twitter, but it's... Uh, it's going to be silent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm working on it. Twitter.com slash Kari Johnson. Um, All right. I, you heard it right here, right today. We're, we're committing to it. Um, <laughs> and Will, what about you? Where can, where can the, oh. the adoring masses go? <laughs> um, I, well, I too am pretty bad at <laughs> promoting myself on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yeah, wired.com. I think you, you'll find a lot of stuff uh, by, by myself, Kari, and, and other fabulous writers um, thinking about, you know, generative AI and all its implications. Um, it's a really, it's an interesting question, like where, what I would hope things would be um, in a year's time. I, I guess one of the things, like sort of going back to what, you know, Kari was talking about with, in terms of regulations, I I hope that there is some, um, we, we have some handle on understanding and addressing the risks that might come with this better, you know, in terms of policy and, and companies, because sort of at the moment it feels like there's a lot of hand-wringing, not much, I don't see that much that gives me hope there's going to be um, concrete action. or And it also maybe just even, understanding what is what are the risks right i think that's kind of yeah. hard to to figure out sometimes absolutely kari i'm coming back to you i realized i uh, i switched over to will before i give you time to answer that question well i mean i would i would reiterate what will just said i think that they're in in the conversations that i have with people who are concerned who are who are who would consider themselves thinking about the long-term risks associated with the deployment of artificial intelligence models um there can be disagreement within the the camps, you know, of of people who are typically within that that expert chair when when there's a hearing in Congress or something like that, you know. Um, but I do believe that there are there could be areas of low hanging fruit around transparency, like I was talking about earlier with discovery. Um, that that there can be some real consensus, and um, uh, we'll we'll see with. Uh, what the final language of the AI Act looks like in the European Union, um, mm -hmm. or uh, the types of activities uh, that the U.S. federal government have in store um, in, uh, in, in, the, in the months ahead, um, either in Congress or through um, offices like the Office of Management and Budget within the in the White House um, that are dictating the policy that will have serious uh, consequences for, let's say. A federal agency that decides to deploy um, uh, a form of AI, um, and so yeah, I, I, I agree with, with Will for sure on that. I think that um, as these policy conversations are 
more or less coming back to things that these communities have spent years thinking about. And mm -hmm. so um, I hope that low-hanging fruit and consensus um, emerge from, from those conversations. Terrific. Well, and if uh, either of you needs help with your, your uh, social media and Twitter, I, you know, you, you probably have not heard of them, but there seems to be a few tools out there that, you know, help people write things these days. So, you know, I could, I, I could teach you a few things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you both so much. Uh, what a delight having this conversation today. And uh, I know AI really is top of mind for, for everyone in every conversation these days. So it was really uh, exciting for me to get to have this deep dive with both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks. That was Kari Johnson and Will Knight, senior writers for Wired, covering artificial intelligence. I'm Randy Zuckerberg, host of Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg here on SiriusXM. Thanks so much for joining us at the forefront of everything disruptive in technology. Thanks especially to Dana and Brian, my amazing team. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. Coming next week, we have a brand new format for the podcast that I'm really excited about. Uh, if you've been listening for the past few months, you know we go out of the way to have uh, the leading experts and thought leaders in the space. We are switching over to a new format that's a little bit more of a panel discussion where I'll be joined by my own favorite experts in the space, my colleagues, Michael Littig and Debbie Soon at Hug. And together, we'll be discussing all of the top issues, news, articles, you name it, that are happening in disruption in technology, Web3, AI, and the creator economy. We'll be dropping this new format starting on Thursday, July 27th. And I truly hope that you'll be as excited about the new format as we are to bring it to you. Thanks so much.